Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. The Sharks pull out a much-needed win against the Los Angeles Kings 4-3 to in overtime. Eric Carlson immediately impacting the game. And, of course, trade value upage for Tomash Hurdle himself. <laughs> All that and more after this. But first, if you want to be a part of the show and teal together and interact with us, come check us out on all the social media outlets that we've got. We've got the Twitter, we've got the Instagram, Facebook, of course, the YouTube chat, SoundCloud, Reddit, and of course, all the shenanigans that go down in the Discord. But if you want to check all of that out and more, you can always check everything out at tealtownusa.com. I am pleased to be joined by Mr. Ian Reed. Ian, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing good. I mean, uh, when the sharks do good, it's good. good <laughs> right? I mean, is it uh, is it that simple? <laughs> I think. I mean, I think so. I mean, look, I understand that there is a certain portion of this fan base that is just over this shit, and you know would just like them to lose out the rest of the way. But I thought it was nice that they stuck with it and, and kind of grinded out a win tonight. It's, it's like, like, I, I don't know. Like I get it. Right. Like I understand, like, obviously like, you know, you want big high draft picks, right. And that's great on the day of the draft. We still have to get there and the getting there is not fun. Like there's a lot of pain along the way. Um, so, so I understand how people are like, ah, they won. What the fuck? You know, now they win, you know, when nothing matters anymore. But I mean, like, I'm not going to get mad when they win. Yeah. And I mean, is it is it as simple as, you know, just an Eric Carlson, you know, away from the team just starting to be good all of a sudden? I mean, he's a definitely an impact player, but. But I think, is he yeah. that dramatic? Is it that dramatic of an effect for you? I mean, if if you watch tonight's game and and watch the last, I don't know how many he was out fifteen or whatever he missed. How many did he miss? I I don't remember. Fifteen. Yep. Fifteen. Like it. It was night and day. Like with Eric Carlson in the lineup, the Sharks were able to possess the puck more and they were able to not just dump and chase. They were actually able to carry the puck into the offensive zone and you know, set up and then, you know, apply some offensive pressure where a lot of their plays without Carlson in the lineup have been just one and done plays. A lot of shots on goal are just dump ins that happen to hit the goalie. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a night and day thing. Now, does Eric Carlson make this team good enough to make the playoffs? No, I don't think so. Like, I think this team still has some flaws, but, but anyone who thinks that Eric Carlson being out of the lineup is a, is a net positive for this team is an idiot. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I don't think, I, I guess 
I wasn't bringing up the question as from a perspective of, you know, Carlson is not important to the team, but I mean, mm-hmm. just, is he that integral of a piece? And and the reason why I bring it up that way is because, you know, if he is, if the success of the team hinges so much upon this one player, um, I mean, we've got to start worrying about the player's long-term health because it seems season after season, it's something else. And, and well, I don't I mean, know if it's okay, a weight and conditions. And that's the caveat, right? Like, obviously, when he's in the lineup, like, he's right. he's great. I mean, he's he's still, like, he's an elite defenseman. Mm-hmm. He's an elite, like, he is an elite player who elevates the game of those around him. Now, with him not in the lineup, the Sharks did a lot of really dumb things because Bob Bugner, for whatever reason, would rather dress guys from the guy factory than guys that might be here when this is all said and done. Like if you think Jacob Magna and Nick Malosh are NHL defensemen on any other team, I've got a bridge I could sell you. It's over in Manhattan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, and, and I think, I think you're right. And, and I think that, you know, getting a player like Carlson back just filters, um, th- you know, throughout the rest of the team. That being said, we now have to talk about another injury again with that would being Jacob Middleton and where the team will kind of start to shuffle again. But uh, I digress. We need to get to game tonight. Uh, the Sharks again prevail in the overtime four to three. We open up the uh, the scoring with Brent Burns. His six on the season, beautiful setup by Eric Carlson. Two minutes, 39 seconds into the first period on the power play, no less. The, uh, I guess, much maligned combination of Brent Burns and Eric Carlson pairing up on the power play this evening netted benefits for the Sharks. Ian, what did you see on this play and how, how did these two hook up for this goal when it seems like we've tried to shoehorn this pair together for such a long time. I think it's one of those things where it's like, you know, a broken watch is still right twice a day. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Like the problem, the problem with Brent Burns doesn't matter what unit Brent Burns is on. It's always give the puck to Burns and let Burns rip it and then hope that someone can either tip it or do a deflection. I think that's why it's not a great combination because it doesn't really, if everything has to go through Burns, like you're just, why have Carlson out there? Right. Right. Uh, And I think that still holds true. I, but again, just because that's the way it happens doesn't mean, you know, it's not going to work every once in a while. I think, I think that's, that's what it is. I think like, is that something that you want to do? you know, going forward, is that going to, are the results going to be better? History would say no, but it worked tonight. So great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, we, we talk about, you know, kind of the, the ebbs and flows and, and how each of the players kind of affected the, the way in which the, you know, the game goes along and unfortunately, you know, the Sharks give up that, that critical momentum with Philip Deneau scoring his 17th on the season. Um, but I think more concerningly was at Athens follow-up goal eight seconds later. And I, I don't know what it seems to be um, 
Ian right now, but it seems like it's Murphy's Law with this team. You know, whatever can go wrong does go wrong. And so far as, you know, if they lose their lead, they end up looking, you know, up at the opposing team. You know, it's not just a... Okay, you know it's a it's a tie. You know it's a it's a tie goal, and, and then the Sharks don't inevitably give up the next one. It, it just seems like, you know, when it rains, it pours for this team, both positive and negative. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna make everyone angry here, um, but I will I will I will get you back by the end of the show. Um, I mean, that second goal, that's not a goal an NHL goalie can let in, but thankfully, Sachenko isn't an NHL goalie. Um, and I know everyone's going to get really mad at that, but it's it's true. Like, it doesn't change anything. We've explained the Sachenko thing a hundred times. If, you know, if um if you think I'm wrong, I mean, you're entitled to think I'm wrong, but I'm not. You know, I hope he, you know, in, in all honesty, right, because we're, we're fans of the team. We hope that he, he proves us wrong and he bucks the trend and he becomes the next Tim Thomas. Is it likely? No. No. Is it possible? No. Maybe. You know, like no, it's... I mean, uh, like and, and, it's an astronomical type thing, but you know what I mean? It, you know, if it happens, you know, if you see the shooting star, that's great. But you know, if not, you know, it's no big deal. You know, he's not right. And it's, it's the heir apparent, right? Like I'm yeah. not, like, I'm not, I'm not going to spend the show. Like I'm not, this isn't going to be a show where I beat up on Sachanko. I just, those weren't good goals. I don't think any of the goals he let in tonight were particularly good. The ones to let in. I don't think those are goals that NHL goalies regularly allow. But to his credit, you know, he didn't completely fall apart. Yeah, he he had a bad hiccup that probably, you know, where the Sharks, if not for those, I mean, it, those goals were pretty bad. But you know, and and the Sharks went into the period down down a goal because of them, right? But I will. Day, look, I do want to give Sachenko some props though, because and, and, at the and end that's of that, where I was going. yeah, the end of that first period, there was yeah. quite a bit of an onslaught. And, and, and did... by the end of the game, like Sachenko got shelled tonight, man. And so yeah. I'm not gonna like, I'm not gonna beat up on him, right? Like this is not me beating up on him. I'm just, I'm calling the goals are what they are, right? We all saw them. If you think those are goals an angel goalie were gonna give up, then great. I just don't, I don't think so, and it's fine because again. Sachenko is not the answer here. Uh, Big Bird, um, you know, quickly, just want to quickly go over to the chat and, and something Big Bird is, is saying, give the kid a break. He isn't playing bad. And uh, agreed, I think I, overall the, the, the stats will say that he did not play bad. Fine, like, yeah, I think what's you... concerning is the goals back-to-back within eight seconds. The, right, That's the red flag that we see. Here, Here's the problem, right? But it doesn't matter. Like, I'm not mad. Like, I'm not... I, Again, this whatever. If you think Sachenko is the goalie of the future, then why was he the guy that sat on the taxi squad while the Melnichuks and the and the Kozenashes played? Right? Like he's played like for what he's had to do, he's fine. He's the third string guy this season, right? So like I'm not expecting like this isn't this isn't Martin Jones making you know, $6 million and sucking ass. This is a guy who's on an NHL deal making 700 K. Yeah. He, so whatever, he let in some bad goals, big deal. Like he still came back and he was really good to finish the game. He didn't fall apart. He composed himself. Like 
the thing that I said about Sachenko all season is he, he's done what they've asked him to do. Oh, and he's a hell of a battler. I mean, I, I, yeah. I think I think that's the, the biggest um, plus that I can give to him is that he's a hell of a battler. And, and like we had said, you know, in that in that end of that first period, he really did hold down the fort. And I think he, yeah. he did do an awesome job. I think job. given what he's been expected to do, he's done great. Right? For, for being like, for what he is, he's doing fine. Like, I don't, I'm not, again, I'm not mad at Sachenko. I just, I didn't like those goals. You guys come here because you want us to break down the game. Well, that's my breakdown. Shitty goals. I'm, I'm sorry. Like, if well, you and want so let's go. Let's... If you want something else, listen to Curtis Brown, who can tell you that, you know, sometimes goalies win games that are 6 5, so it's okay. It doesn't matter. I guess, you're <laughs> well, right. It let's... does. They won tonight. Let's let's go quickly then into the second period because I think we can go all night about about goaltending and and it's a you know it's definitely a, a pet pot chat topic. over we're like we're fighting <laughs> it I feel like we're fighting over like we're, we're we're all making the same points but we're saying them differently okay like but I, think I do want to did good for what like after those bad goals he came back and he battled and he allowed the sharks to stay in the game. Yeah. Is is he the goalie of the future? No, but that's fine. No one's expecting him to be that. In the um in the second period, the, the Sharks would give up another shorthanded goal, and and something that's kind of concerning. I mean, it's the sixth uh, shorty that the team has given up. Um, you've got Trevor Moore, his eleventh on the season. It, you know, two on one going the other way. Not really much Salchenko could do there. Um, and it, again, it's the power play giveth the power play taketh away because, mm. you know, Nick Benito would then score his seventh on the season on the power play, Dolan and Middleton getting the assist. And that was, uh, on the same power play just at the end of it. So, uh, you know, this power play is such a head scratcher because it's so hot and cold, but I think the thing that worries me most is just that it can't, um, it doesn't seem to be responsible in its in its handling of the puck, Ian, and and that concerns me. And and I think it's something that we've seen all year, and I think we've seen this now for multiple years. Um, you know, back to back. What what do you occur this to, and and why do you think that this power play continually gets victimized with the shorties? Because I feel like this power play is like the one place where they're allowed to kind of stretch their legs a little bit. Okay. Like the lot of those sharks, the sharks have played some really boring hockey of late, right? A lot of dump and chase, dump and chase. On the power play, they actually try to make plays. Now the 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 problem with making plays is sometimes they go the other way, and because of who you generally ice on the power play, they're not getting back in time. Um, I I just think it's 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 a situation of these guys haven't been able to you know really push play. The Sharks, if you watch this team for the past 15 games, pushing play is not something they've done a whole lot of. They did a lot more of it this game. And I, I just think that, unfortunately, when you try to open things up a little bit and you try to, you know, you try to make plays to get into the zone and actually get some offensive pressure, like, sometimes it's going to go the other way. And obviously, you know, it's a systems thing, mostly. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think it tends, to, for me, I think it tends to be 
leaning a little bit more towards personnel. I think that if you have a Brent Burns or an Eric Carlson, they tend to take a lot of risks on that blue line, and it's very high risk, high reward that they play back there. You know, yeah. it's cowboy defense, and I think you know it's uh, it it definitely shows. And I think again, I don't know if it's something that you can weed out by adding a different kind of forward on the other side of the point, or if it's maybe going more towards a traditional uh, defenseman, maybe adding a person, you know, when he gets back. I, I, think, like it's a, just, I think it's X's and O's. I just think it's X's. the way they, I, I think it's an X's and O's thing. I think it's just the way that they try to push play. And it's obviously like other teams have found a weakness and Bugner hasn't adjusted. Yeah. Well, the uh, you know the the Sharks w- would be again going into the third period down a goal. Um, however, a guy that we mentioned a little bit before, Eric Carlson, making a great breakout pass, um, and Alexander Barabanov scoring um, a tip-in goal, his ninth on the season. Hurdle also picking up an assist there, and. Again, that's why I brought up is Eric Carlson that, um, you know, essential to this team scoring because quite quite honestly, it, it does seem to think, you know, it does the stats dare, um, bear out the mm-hmm. fact that he is a large part of the offense and a large part of the offense. Well, I think here's, and here's the other thing, too, right? Like when with the Sharks, especially with the way they've been, they're they're an easier team to defend. The more guys go out with injury, the more impact players go out with injury, the easier you become to defend because you can zero in on certain players and you can cheat and you can double team certain guys, right? So when you put an Eric Carlson back into the lineup or back onto the power play or whatever, like that is a guy who you have to respect. You can't cheat on, you know what I mean? You can't cheat to, to another guy. You can't just double team couture or, you know, double team Brent Burns. Like you have to respect pretty much everybody on that unit. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and, and that's what happens, right? I mean, the, I, I think that's a bigger thing because obviously, because, and again, that's, that's another reason why you, you would want Eric Carlson and Brent Burns on the same power play, even though, you know, it, historically it hasn't been that great of it like it hasn't really translated a lot but who's going to take the puck up the ice well if it's just brent burns on the ice it's brent burns maybe it's you know what i mean or eric carlson and and then you just kind of it's a lot easier to cut off those plays when you know who's quarterbacking it yeah i mean it definitely becomes a a very much a one-trick pony right if either one of those guys goes out um and and dare say it you know, uh, those two, I think, are the most dynamic offensive pieces you have from the blue line. And it does make sense that, you know, their effectiveness as a unit, uh, you know, significantly degrades when either one of those goes out. So, I, sure. you know, it, okay. again, uh, you, you take stars that you take elite players out of the lineup. You just the more elite players you take out, the more easier you are to defend. Yeah, uh, the uh, the team would uh, hold up very stout with a very big penalty kill at the uh, at the end of the third period. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the teams would 
tree chances going into the very end of the third. Yeah, um, and again, very Sashenko, spirited. To his credit, after giving up some bad goals, was really good. Kept them in it. Like, and again, you know, I wasn't. This wasn't beating up on Sachenko night. It, he played a good game, and yeah. given what he is, he played a great game. Yeah, uh, and then in overtime, the Sharks uh, would prevail with uh, Tomas Hurdle on a wraparound. Finally, he gets one of those wraparounds to go in. Of course, it does help that uh, Jonathan Quick was a little out of the net, but his 23rd on the season with Bear Bonoff and Burns with the assists. And yeah. uh, Tomas Hurdle having a two-point night. You had Eric Carlson with a two-point night. Brent Burns with a two-point night. Uh, you know, the big big boys coming out to play and, um, you know, good to see this from this team it is a little bittersweet that you give up the uh, loser point in overtime to L.A. Um, we are, are, are we going to pass L.A. in the standings? I, Who gives a shit at this point? Exactly. Exactly. But I think, you know, to me, this this had a good um, this had kind of a reminiscent vibe of of King Sharks games of past, and yeah, it was it was a good game. Like I think it was it was a good game. Um, I think you know these games are always these games are always seem to be fun. Like regardless of regardless of where these teams are in the standings, like these teams are these teams always play each other hard. Um, I mean, I'd be more you know again like I thought Jonathan Quick was pretty subpar tonight. And, you know, but that's the difference. Like, Jonathan Quick's a goalie that makes a crap ton of money. Like, it's a lot easier to be critical of a guy like that. You know what I mean? And if I'm a Kings fan, I look at that game and I'm pretty pissed at Jonathan Quick right now. Yeah, and I had, um, you know, shameless plug for the Hockey Royalty podcast. Uh, That was what I was on a couple of days ago. Um, And, uh, you know, we were just talking a little bit about, you know, where the Kings are at and their trajectory and where the Sharks are at. And, and I had said this, you know, in the three upcoming games that the Sharks and the Kings have, the, the Kings need to have at least five points out of, you know, out of a possible six. And, um, you know, this is not setting up for a good margin. And, of course, you know, this is off of the, the previous game. This was the that was the mm-hmm. five goal Timo Meyer game. So it's a little interesting yeah. to see the the Sharks having some ownership against the Kings. I think for the Kings, though, and I know I'm going to make everyone angry because I'm going to talk about the other team for a second, but I think for the <laughs> Kings, like, this is found money, isn't it? Agreed. Agreed. I like, I, I forecast this this team being a year early, right? I think that they – I don't expect things out of this team until next year for me. Yeah, like, I mean, this team – if this team makes – up, doesn't matter what they do in the playoffs, like, just making it's found money for them. I don't think like I don't look at this team and say, oh, they're ready to contend. But I mean, they've got pieces coming. They, they've still got guys that that haven't even jumped through yet that I think are going to be impact players. Like, obviously, you got to ride out a couple couple more contracts. I think I like Jonathan Quick for sure. Um, but like for them, this is this is found money. They, they I don't think anyone had expected them to be this good. Like I thought they would probably bounce back, but second in the pacific nope didn't see that coming yeah yeah i i I totally agree we got um we've got some great comments coming in from uh from the team right now thank you aj manning the uh zoom meeting he looked good smooth it was nice to have ek back 
uh, I had a little bit of a stomach bug, but I'm feeling better now. This is all Middleton. Uh, I owe the Kings a lot. I was pretty raw, and they really helped me, and I, I took a lot of what I learned to San Jose. This is all Middleton. Mm-hmm. And then this is... Uh, this is Middleton on. I got a few laps in during the TV timeout. I'm going to ice the shit out of this after this on his ankle. Uh, and uh, AJ saw it coming. Thank you, AJ. <laughs> um, no, it was good to see Middleton, um, you know, kind of try it out and stuff. But again, Oh, poor dude. I mean, it's just one thing after another with him, and he just plays the game really hard, but that's a lot of mileage piling up for Jake Middleton. And um, interesting because he was subject – he's starting to be subject to some rumors and and a guy that maybe a team like the Bruins might want to take a flyer on. I mean, had you heard any about that, Ian? And and what do you think on stock rising, so to speak, on some of the players? Yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised. Like, again, you look at the – Again, when you examine the price tag, um, I think Jake Jake Middleton's really good for um, for what he does and for what he's paid. Um, I could, you know, he's he would be a good depth defenseman on any playoff team. I think like a guy you can definitely rotate in another lineup. Is is he an every night guy on an, uh, on a cup contender? I don't think so. And, and I've been really and, and again, this is. And again, I know I'm going to be getting people are going to get mad at me again, but like I've been really positive on Jake Middleton this year. So, you know, again, that's just my honest assessment. Um, you know, I'm, is, I'm is a so high on Jake Middleton guy myself. If, if you can extract, well, I think if, if someone resources. if someone knocks and, and blows your socks off, like definitely take him. I just I just look at Jake Middleton and I go, is he an every night guy on a Stanley Cup contender? I don't think so. But he's hey, a guy that you fourth could or fifth round. Pin? Hey, fourth or fifth round pick. You know, from a from a team, I, I wouldn't. Yeah, I, I don't hate that. that. Yeah, like I don't, I don't hate that. Right. Um, we got some more from Hurdle coming in. I should do a better job and not show show so much emotion. It's tough when the game is close and you just kind of lose it. That's on Hurdle with at the very end of the game. Uh, here's some more. We know we have to put more shots on net, not be so fancy, be hard around the net, and work for rebounds. We've got no, I mean, uh, not wrong. I mean, like. Again, like the the problem with the Sharks' offense has been a lack of offensive pressure. So it is it is getting shots, but yeah, definitely getting those second and third opportunities because those just weren't coming. It was like it was one and done and back the other way. Um, we've got uh, the last two years haven't been easy for us. We play good hockey, but then we have so many injuries, COVID. It it it's good to show that we can beat good teams. That's from Hurdle. Carlson says, I thought. I was decent, not great, not terrible. Everything feels fine. Uh, we've got, there was a similar play earlier, and I told Barabanov, just go there, and if I see, I'll hit you. That shorthanded goal was a bit of a clusterfuck. Sometimes it happens. Uh, <laughs> nice to see uh, Eric Carlson's expletives uh, coming out there. We uh, When we do things, we're good at it. We're a good team. When we create more five-on-five, five, we don't have the margins other teams do. That's from Eric Carlson. And yeah, I think, I again, it's good to see the team. Right. Yeah, it's good to see the team finally get over the t- the 20s for the shots. So, you know, tonight yeah. they get uh, 30 shots on goal. LA yeah. gets 36. But, I mean, that in itself is a, is a moral victory. And again, victory. right? Like, 36 shots. Like, yeah. again, like that's a lot of shots. Like Sachenko got shelled tonight, and after again, you know, and and 
overall was good. Yeah. Um, just a, just a little bit more because we were talking on the trade deadline per Shang. Mm. Half the league had scouts scheduled to be in tonight. Uh, shocking. Yeah, Anaheim, Calgary, Chicago, Colorado, Minnesota, Montreal, New Jersey, New York, Ottawa, Seattle, St. Louis, Toronto, Vancouver, Vegas, Washington, and Winnipeg. Um, oh, thank you, uh, thank you, Big Bird, for uh, checking us out, and um, mm-hmm. thank you for coming on. We appreciate it, dude. Um, Friedman. Uh, about a team okay okay so this is from ricky i think this is good okay um what do you guys think of friedman and chris johnson talking about this being a buyer's market most teams aren't willing to part with firsts and you don't have the cap room anyways well i think that that's one thing that the sharks can weaponize is yeah. they do have some cap room um and i think you know if, if they can make a move where they take on some dead space um and uh you know maybe get some kind of compensation out of that um i feel like that brokerage being a broker (laughs) i feel like we say this every year though that it's a buyer's market but i mean if you're a gm and you're gming like if if you're a gm and you're a little (laughs) bit on the hot seat you're gming you're gming (laughs) yeah if you're gming and you're a little bit on the hot seat and you don't pull the trigger like let's say hurdle becomes villain you don't pull it like you you can make it work and don't pull the trigger like that's just as dangerous as as anything else right yeah. um i don't know like i feel like we say this every year but there's always gms that get desperate at the last minute especially if their if their team starts to slide around like i think if you're a team like an edmonton or a toronto like you're probably looking for goalie help yeah and that I mean, could make or break like your whole playoff run. Are you gonna just be like, nah, you know what? It's it's my market, and you're not gonna give me the price that I want. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and the and you know I, I think that the organization has traditionally been very um, conservative, and and I think it's always been very. Um, it's it's a team that has always overvalued its own commodities that it has for sure so you know i i I suspect it's going to be kind of quiet for the sharks at the deadline to be quite honest with you i mean maybe you might see joe will ship out you know like a jake middleton here or um i don't know who else who else on the team would you you know, would you really try and, and part ways with that at this point? I mean, Hurdle, of course, Barabanov, but <clears throat> those guys are again special cases. I mean, Barabanov, I don't know what where he's at in the organization and what he is going forward. But again, if you oh, have, I would, a, I, I would trade Barabanov. Like, I think, I think if someone, if somebody comes and offers you a decent pick or a decent prospect for Barabanov, I think you jump on it. Barabanov, like Barabanov, I like Barabanov a lot, right? But, and he's not old, but he's not young, right? Right. Like he's like, I like I don't think you. It's not like like obviously hurdle like you have to get a good return, right? I don't feel that way about Barabanov. Okay. Like I, you should still get a good return, but like it's not going to be like in that stratosphere of return. Yeah. Does that make more sense? Yeah, I gotcha. Right. So it's I, I, I still think if someone knocks on your door and, and gives you like a decent prospect or, or a decent pick, like I'd, I'd probably consider it. 
Yeah, I mean, if you have like a Pittsburgh or a or a Toronto, you know, coming, you know, over and saying, hey, you know, we'll give you this, you know, third or fourth round pick for for this player, you know, to help make him a run. I think you, I think you definitely make those kinds of of no brainer kinds of moves, and and I think. Again, with Hurdle, it's very different kind of circumstance because it's all going to depend on what he's going to do, right? And right, yeah. And at yeah, this absolutely at this point, I mean, everything that I've heard is it's all quiet from from. Well, I heard they're not even taking calls on him yet because they're trying yeah. to get pen to paper, and if they exactly. don't, then they probably start taking calls on him. But right. like they've got to figure like Hurdle's got to put pen to paper soon, or at least put an intention to put pen to paper soon, because otherwise, like they. If they're not taking calls at least a week before the trade deadline, if that pen's not to paper, then they're doing this franchise a, a disservice at that point. Yeah, and and I'm not. I'm not huge advocate of hurdle must go, but you can't you can't walk this guy to free agency with no you know like you can't walk him to free agency if he's going to free agency. You gotta you gotta trade him. Well, I mean it's it's the um nightmare scenario a la um John Tavares for New mm-hmm. York Islanders. So you know it, it it'll we'll see what ends up happening. And again, it's it's all gonna be up on, on hurdle and it's eleven days. Um Brody Brazil just putting out a, a video this afternoon. Eleven mm-hmm. days till the trade deadline and again I think yeah, we'd like, like pen to, to paper see... gotta like if there's no pen to paper by Tuesday exactly it's time to start talking trade exactly exactly well um I mean it it seems like you know that's that's pretty much it for for tonight and and kind of you know what I really wanted to kind of go over we can go over the um the rest of the evening's action Ian but is there anything else that you wanted to kind of you know, put the bow on tonight's game and, you know, kind of where the, uh, where the team is at. No, I mean, I, I think the team's fine, right? Like it's, it is where it is. I don't think that this is the, this is the, the turning point where everything goes right again. Um, I think, you know, like I said, when the sharks do good, it's good. I'm never going to get mad at the sharks winning a game. I'm never going to come on here and, and scream about the sharks winning. Like that's just never going to happen. Um, I, I understand that obviously with some of the bottom feeders starting to go on a run, you don't want the sharks to go on a run to match it. I understand that completely. Um, but I'm not, like I said, I, I, I still watch this team every game. I don't want to watch them lose. Like yeah. <laughs> no one wants, like I said, like, yeah, high draft picks are great at the draft. When you step up to the podium and draft that, you know, that guy that gets you all warm and fuzzy for the future. But it's it's pain to get there no one wants like no one no one okay some people are and they're weird but most people don't want to be in pain all the time <laughs> yeah right yeah. so i mean I, i'm not gonna get mad when they win i i'm i i yeah i still want to watch a game i still want to be entertained i still want them to even you know look at they're gonna lose games right if i just don't want to like i don't want to watch a repeat of the last game Right? Yeah, like no one wants to watch that. Yeah, and and I think for me, it's I want to see positive direction. I want to see creativity. I want to see young players playing. Yeah, that's the problem, right? And that is the one thing that I think I'd like to see more is like, like John Leonard's been on hell of a roll. Like, why not bring him up? Exactly. Why not put him on the line? Like, I don't understand this 
you know, like Dezingle sits tonight. Like, I just, why? Why? So Gadjevich can play? Yeah. Oh, and, because. And I feel because like. Because then the people would be like, oh, well, you need those guys because those guys are in the lineup. No one gets hurt. Oh, well, VL and Gadjevich were both in the lineup when Ferrara went down on a brutal hit. Gee, why didn't why didn't that prevent that from happening? I thought that was the code. Oh, the code's not real. Okay. Good. Yeah. You know, not to mention, you know, it, it being a little bit different when it's a superstar, you know, laying the uh laying the hit. So look, I mean I think we can we can talk about blue in the face with the with the face smashers, but um but honestly, you know, you need to start evaluating talent for not just this rest of this season, but for next season. Is the right. single a guy you can use for, you know, a third line center in the next two to three I think years. Zingle was like a fine pickup, right? Like if they don't yeah. bring Dezingle back, I'm not hurt. I, who knows? Like maybe even, you know, Dezingle's a guy who might draw some interest at the trade deadline. Maybe, maybe not. Like you're not going to, again, you're not going to get blown off the door, blown off the doors for him. But if he's not in your future plans at all, like if you're not planning on bringing him back, then, you know, a fourth round pick is still better than nothing. Yeah. Well, but yeah, I know I agree. Like that's that's the one thing though is like I think that's the one thing you can get mad at is like too many too many guys from the guy factory. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I I, I think if you can maximize return on a guy like him or a guy like Baramanov or a guy like Jake Middleton or a Jacob Magna or you know any of those kinds of players, I think those those are definitely um assets that you should recoup um you know more more chance at the at the roulette wheel so to speak but uh let's go ahead and uh, run through tonight's action the bruins beat the blackhawks four to three the sabers beat the golden knights with the return of uh jack eichel playing against his former team Kind of interesting to see the uh, the Sabers uh, kind of rallying there, and uh, you know, beating the Golden Knights. And if you look over in Golden Knightland, it's uh, the world is on fire and everything's not okay right now. So, I, I mean, it hasn't been like I I think if you're a Golden Knights fan, like this season probably wasn't what you had envisioned going in. Like <laughs> this team is. And again, injuries are definitely a factor, but this team has not been nearly as good as they should be. Like, I, yeah, I mean, this this is a team that, with all the pieces that's accumulated and all the cap stupidity, like, this is a team that should be a legit Stanley Cup contender. It and should be Colorado Pacific, basically. This is, this is a, to me, like, this is a two-and-done team. Like this, I would be surprised if if the Golden Knights get through round two. That being said, a team forecasted to do well, the Maple Leafs end up losing to the uh, Desert Dogs five to four in overtime. Jacob Chikrin with the overtime goal upping his trade value on the market. We'll be interested to see where he is going to go. The- yeah, <laughs> after that, that I. I watched that overtime because anytime I like, I was like, whatever, I'll watch something. And then I saw that they're in overtime. So I watched it. Um, 
you know, Austin Matthews was really mad because Jacob Chickren kind of mugged him and <laughs> mugged him in neutral ice and then went on to score the goal when he probably should have been skating to the box to the box instead. But uh, NHL refs, y'all. The Senators beat the Kraken four to three. The Red Wings uh, losing in the shootout to the Wild six to five. A lot of high scoring games this evening. Panthers beating the Flyers six to three. Carter Hart losing that. I think Ian's hair is starting to become safer and safer as the days go by. Oh, it's it's fine. Like if you think Martin Jones is going to pitch like seventeen shutouts before the end of the season, great. <laughs> He's the, not. <laughs> the Jets beat the Devils two to one. Uh, the Hurricanes beat the Avalanche two nothing in a maybe a Stanley Cup preview, but a very very tightly contested game, good game, but uh, but yeah, very interesting to see that one. The Islanders beat the Blue Jackets six to nothing. Oh my god! <laughs> the Blues beating the Rangers six to two. Predators beating the Ducks four to one. Flames beating the Lightning four to one. And of course, the Sharks prevailing in overtime against the Kings, four to three. Ian, I'm going to wrap it up for the evening. If there is uh, anything you want to last thoughts, where the people can find you, what you're doing these days, um, doing as little as possible. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Ian Blogs Hockey. Uh, come and yell at me there and tell me how bad all my takes are. I can take it. I'm a big boy. <laughs> Well, we can have the uh, Zach Sachenko debate sometime in the Discord. Uh... <laughs> like, <laughs> you city let in bad goals, but then city did great. You're an asshole. Yeah, I am. You're right. <laughs> uh, as far as I'm, I am concerned. My name is Eric Landy. That's E R I K L A N D I. You can catch me on all the social media garbage. And uh, in case you miss us, check us out across all of the social media and podcasting platforms, that being the Apple Podcast, Google Play Store, YouTube Reround, excuse me, Rewind, SoundCloud, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, and of course, all of that and more on TealTownUSA.com. So uh, let's see if I can get this right. Keep it real. Keep it teal. Keep it real teal. Thank you, everybody. And-